Welcome to Pros Tinted Glasses. I'm Katie. I'm Bailey. And we are really excited today to talk to you about Don't Worry Darling. I know we touched on it very briefly in Conversational Chaos, uh, but we did both go see it on opening night. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, and a good decision, in my opinion. First of all, just... I actually, I don't even know where to start. I guess we should start with a spoiler warning. I was going to start with the fact that we both had the weirdest theater experiences on opening night. Of we Dol- really did. Oh my gosh. I almost had forgotten until you just said that. Wait, you go first. So I went with <laughs> um, my friend Shelby and she had said when she booked the tickets that there were only two seats left together in the entire theater. So they were like in the middle over on the left side. So like not great seats, but certainly not bad seats. I mean, they were they were high enough to be good. And these are recliner seats. So we were like, okay, cool, whatever. Like as long as I'm not on the floor, I'm good. And we get into the theater at exactly 7.30, which is the listed start time. And if you know anything about movies, you know, arriving at 7.30 is the ideal time because you still get to see the previews, but you don't sit there. The screen is black and there is not a soul in the theater, but we can hear the advertisements playing like audibly, but again, nothing on the screen. And we're just like, well, I mean, I guess whatever. Maybe we can just like move to an open seat if no one else shows up. So, like, five minutes go by, screen's still black, no one else has shown up, so we, like, move to the center. And then about two minutes later, like, three people walk in, a couple and one single person, and they, like, sit in completely different corners, not near us, so we just stay. And then the screen widens, and they start playing, like, the pre-preview thing by the theater company. And it was just, like, so, she was like, I, was I imagining it? Is this sold out? And I was like, I fully (laughs) believed you. It's, like, opening night, and this is one of the smaller, like, showing rooms in this theater so i i was like yeah um turns out there were three whole people there so i do not know what happened that's so weird mine was also very strange for completely different reasons so my theater when i was buying seats the day before it was like starting to fill up like most of the good like center line seats were gone but it was still like fairly empty um and there was one row that had like a center seat so i picked that one and it was like when i picked it there was nobody else in the row and i'm the kind of person where like i hate sitting next to people at movies like i try very hard not to go at peak times or like peak showings because i want at least a seat between me and whoever's around me and i think the biggest mistake from covid was not keeping covid movie theater restrictions cuz they were the best um So anyway, I, like, check the app obsessively to see, like, oh, has anyone, like, gotten seats next to me? And I checked uh, a few hours later, and someone had, like, left a gap and then got two seats, which was fine because there was a gap. Um, And then there was nobody on the other side of me. And then I checked as I was, like, going to the theater Thursday night, and someone had bought the seat between me and the couple. And there was still no no one on my other side. So, like, it would have been very easy to leave a gap or at least, like pick the other side of me and don't go like in between it was so weird um so i immediately like just like changed my seat and moved over one but then when i got to the theater the guy was already there in the seat that would have been between me and the people and he had the like so it was one of the recliner seats and it was one of the like couplets so like Uh, each two seats is like a a pair and he had the armrest in between the like pair of seats up That's why I don't it's like those so couple. Like, I I love the concept of those like love seat double seats because I do go to the theater with my partner a lot and like that would be nice. 
But uh, I'm mm-hmm. like you, if if it's not my partner, like, I don't want to accidentally brush elbows with anybody. Like, I don't want to know yeah, that no. you exist in the theater. Yeah, That's especially so now when, like, there were still plenty of seats available, like, maybe not center line, but, like, I I easily, like, if the choice was between sitting with the, like, quote-unquote best view or sitting not next to someone, like, I am not sitting next to someone. So. Same, unless it's, like, the worst view in the theater, like, bottom left corner on the floor. I mean, even then, I like, if I if it was the only time I could go to the movie, like, I probably would sit there and it would be fine. Either way, it was just, like, we were texting back and forth in the group before our, our movie started, like, what the fuck is happening to, to both of us right now? Like... It was so weird. Well, okay, and so here's the thing. I guess, yeah, spoiler warning, we're going to talk about Don't Worry Darling, but, like, I went into this movie completely blind. Like, I purposefully avoided anything but the drama, so I had no idea. I'd never seen the trailer. I didn't look up any, like, previews or speculation or whatever. And so while we're sitting there, like, talking about how Shelby had said this theater was fully booked, I was like, are we in an alternate universe right now? And Shelby had to, like, (laughs) take a sip of her beer really quick. And she told me after the movie, she's like, how did I just died when you, like, predicted that? Because I already knew that that was kind of what was going to happen a little bit in this movie. And I was like, I did not. I was just being funny and wondering what the fuck was happening in the theater. Yeah, um, for sure. That definitely was very prescient of you. Yes. (laughs) yeah, uh, so let's let's go ahead and just give a spoiler warning up top. We're going to be going in pretty in depth for this film, um, and I uh, like I think I would like to start with the drama before we get into yes, the movie. yes, of course. Just, so, um, if you've been living under a rock, this movie has had like so much cursed publicity it's kind of hilarious um and it goes all the way back to so olivia wilde who directs don't worry darling used to be in a very long-term committed relationship with jason sudeikis uh they were never married but they have kids together and they broke up right around the time she started filming this movie right um and right around the time she started dating harry styles and there is some some speculation that there was some overlap i don't think that we have any like concrete evidence to that effect but people sure do like to speculate right so that was already like kind of a pall upon this whole um production and that's not even counting the like shia labeouf stuff which i feel like maybe was mentioned at the time but obviously certainly came out way more recently which is that shia labeouf was originally cast in harry styles's role and he left the production and way back in in at the time olivia wilde kind of took credit for firing him as and like touted a no assholes policy and made it sound that he like he was being unbearable which was very easy to believe of shia labeouf given Um, his history of being slightly unbearable yes and also an abusive piece of shit. Totally, yeah. totally believable. I think that was like when this first happened, it was before most of the abuse allegations had come out. But he he had been well known at that point already for being just kind of a crazy person. Right. So people were like, yay, Olivia for like cleaning house and not doing that. And then he came out a couple of weeks before the movie came out and was like, hey, actually... I quit and you begged me to stay. And he like posted a video of her 
like begging him to stay. Yeah, he came and, like, with kind receipts. of trying to pass the buck on to Florence. Um which was just very interesting. And like personally like the only real issue I have with it is that Olivia Wilde tried to a like take credit for firing him and like control the narrative in that way where it turns out that it was a different situation and b that she even like in private like in a conversation she expected to say private between her and Shia sort of seemed to insinuate like oh like you and I are on the same side but like we just got to get Florence we got to get Miss Flo on the same page which is kind of like meh. yeah the worst part is like this is all drama here that's happened and we haven't even gotten to like what feels like the biggest part of the drama yeah that like this is all the prelude um which yes. is unbelievable and hilarious and i also want to say actually i probably should have said this up top all this drama i think is very fun and i think it's very interesting to talk about i think also as a consequence probably largely of harry styles's fan base being like rabidly misogynistic um Olivia Wilde is getting way more blame than she probably should. Like, she's certainly not blameless, and there there are things that we can talk about and critique her for, but I also think people have been kind of latching onto this and using it as an excuse to hate women, and, like, we're not trying to do that. No, and I also think that, like, any one of these things that was happening would otherwise be fairly unremarkable, but because all of these things are happening at the same time, it's it's gotten to be, like, a thing Mm-hmm. And definitely, like, TikTok and Twitter have not helped not contribute to just how wild the speculation about every single aspect of this is. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And while I enjoy the speculation and I think it's really fun, I just think it's important to notice, to, to like, note that it is all speculation and you shouldn't probably be taking this too seriously. Like, even the Shia LaBeouf thing has kind of come back and said, like, there, the truth seems to be a middle ground in between what Shia said and what Olivia said. But yeah, and it's I'm not certain- going to stop me from really enjoying reading about all of it. Yeah, I'm certain that's kind of the case for a lot of this, is that there is like a middle ground that is neither extreme, but everyone loves to run with their extreme. So mm-hmm. where were we? We were with uh, Harry Styles getting picked up as the lead, right? Yeah, so he started dating Olivia Wilde, which... It's a little bit dramatic because she is, I think, about 10 years older than him, which isn't really that large of an age gap. He, like, he was 26, so he was a little young, but certainly not, like, predatory territory or anything like that. It's just just kind of, like, raise an eyebrow territory, but, of course, it probably wouldn't be if the genders were reversed. Yeah. But Harry Styles is such a public figure, and again, his his fans are so rabid that kind of anything that he does becomes of interest to the general public um yes and then i think the most recent drama so the the drama surrounding florence Pugh, like mostly florence and olivia i think but so i don't know if you know this bailey but they're actually the drama about florence in this movie has actually been speculated about like for like months before any of this became public Largely just because Florence Pugh is very active on Instagram and she uses her Instagram very heavily to promote her projects. And at some point she just like stopped posting about Don't Worry Darling and like hadn't said a word about it to the point where like people are like, this is weird. Like, do you think that she's doing this on purpose? Like, 
do you think that she doesn't like the movie? Do you think that she's beefing with Olivia Wilde? And so I had seen whispers of this, like, on the internet at large. It was like, huh, like, probably people are making a bigger deal out of it than it is. Um, only to find that, actually, they probably were not making too big a deal out of it. But she basically did almost no promo for this movie. She went to the Venice Film Festival um, and I think that's maybe the only like press event that she's done and she's had this very good excuse so she's also filming Dune too so she has like a quote unquote scheduling reason to miss it but it's also like everybody else showed up to more events you know yeah I, I didn't really know about a lot of this until like um, the final piece of drama the spit uh, happened and then I was like <laughs> reading back on it and it's just I, I don't know I'm I feel like we've touched on this with, like, Taylor Swift and other celebrities. I'm not really one to read into how people use their Instagram as, like, a thing. Uh, But maybe that's just because I don't think of... I am not good enough to use social media in that curated of a way. And I know it's, like, some people's full-time job to use social media in an influential way that is sending us, like... You know, not sending us, like, messages, but, like, saying something more than what they're just directly saying. So, I don't know. And someone's like, oh, she didn't post as much as she normally does. I'm like, oh, okay. So, maybe she's, like, busy. Or her publicist or her assistant who posts on Instagram is busy. Like, I don't know. Yeah. My immediate immediate thought was, like, it's kind of weird that you even noticed that. But, like, clearly they were right in this case. At least to to some extent. Um. So anyway, there were rumors of a Florence and Olivia feud, and then this video of Olivia talking to Shia came out where she called her Miss Flo, which felt very condescending. I also feel like feud is just such a dang strong word for someone who had, like, as far as we know, maybe just a professional disagreement. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they're feuding. No, maybe they just work differently or they they came to it. They didn't agree on something like that doesn't mean that they like hate each other. Or whatever. Or that Florence wants this movie to fail. Like, that's... Those right. are two different things. Oh, very, very different. Um, but there were there were even rumors, and these rumors I still discount to some extent, but there were rumors that, like, Olivia and Harry would disappear on set because they were just, like, too busy hooking up, and, like, Florence would, like, direct entire scenes, which I think that those rumors are definitely, like, on the crazy side, but, and I also think those come a lot from people who are a little bit too attached to Harry Styles, but then, like, a couple of days before the movie came out, a an article came out in, I think, Variety or Vanity Fair, one of the Vs, and it was talking about how, like, Florence and Olivia got into at least one screaming match on set, where one of the things that Florence said was, like, I've been directing this movie more than you have. Which, from context, it sounded like Florence would, like, give input on scenes when Olivia wasn't there. Like, not full-on directing them, but just, like, talking to people about them i don't know i like anyway it's funny to me that that rumor has even the smallest amount of credence to it but then also a bunch of people that worked on don't worry darling have now come out and like signed a statement that were like this set was totally harmonious and we think all these rumors are stupid so really like it's impossible for us to know the truth yeah having not been a part of the movie set and again like 
Flo making those comments might be something where she she maybe was putting a lot of input. Because I guess that is one thing that a lot of people are speculating on, is that Olivia Wilde was, like, fairly fucking absent from set mm-hmm. uh, compared to a lot of other other projects. And so maybe she was, but again, like, that one comment doesn't mean, like, a long-standing, like, anger. Maybe it was just a professional disagreement about how much Olivia Wilde should be directing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Like, again, like you said, no one will ever know, like, what actually happened with this because... Even if the main players do come out with a statement, which like I don't think Olivia, Flo, or Harry ever are, no. uh, it like it's just it's all still going to be, you know, a little colored by who's telling the story. So, mm-hmm. it just yeah. My grandmother, my grandmother and grandfather always used to say that like no matter how how flat the pancake is, it always has two sides. So like no matter how clear cut a story seems from one person's point of view, like somebody else also gets to have a point of view. Yeah, and I just, yeah, it's just, God, and it's all so pointless to me, honestly. Like, it's fun. Like you said, Katie, it's <laughs> fun to speculate over, but ultimately it is just so pointless about this drama. Everybody has shit at work. This is what they do for work. It just so happens that we consume what they do for work as a form of entertainment on, like, a <laughs> huge scale. Yeah. Very true. That does bring us to the last piece of drama, of course, yes. though, which is the spit. Which gave me so much content, like so much happiness to consume that content. Yes. For days. Katie was Katie was all over that. If if you've somehow missed this, there was speculation that Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine at the Venice Film Festival when he was like going to sit down. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the video, so kind of how the video plays out is that Chris Pine is sitting down in his seat and he is seated next to the empty seat that Harry Styles is about to sit in and Harry Styles enters and people start clapping for him and Chris Pine has like put his glasses in his lap um and as Harry Styles like gets to where his seat is and he's facing Chris Pine and he like starts to turn to sit down and I swear to god if you watch his mouth it looks like he does a little spit motion um it's and, like, when I tell you people who were, like, analyzing the film footage to see if they could, like, see any spit, like, flying out of his mouth, apparently, like, nothing came out of his mouth, but, like, just the, like, motion that his mouth, mo- like, makes looks very much like and a then spit to me. Chris Pine, like, looked down in his lap, ostensibly at his sunglasses, but everyone's like, see, he definitely just looked at where he got spit in his lap or whatever. Well, because the look, he, he, like, stops clapping right as the spit motion happens. He stops clapping. He looks down in his lap and, lap and looks, like, befuddled and kind of annoyed and kind of, like, can you believe that? Um, and then he just kind of, like, shrugs and, like, he's not clapping anymore. And, like, as Harry Styles sits down. And I, I do, I 100% now believe that he probably was like had been drinking or partaking in a substance and he put his glasses down in his lap to start clapping and in the middle of clapping he was like wait a second where the fuck are my sunglasses who among us and then has- he realized that they were in his lap and he was like oh i'm such a dummy yeah and that that was what happened but and who among us has not misplaced our sunglasses like on our head in our hands mm-hmm. in our per- like mm-hmm. that is something even without a drink that i'm like where are my fucking sunglasses so yeah I, and i mean i totally would have made that same like oh my gosh like i'm I'm so dumb i can't believe i just forgot where they were i just put them down in my lap i do believe that's what happened but it does it looks like 
the the number of stars that aligned for that moment to look so much like Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine's lap blows my yeah. mind. Well, and the other thing that is even weirder about that is like up until that happened, there was absolutely no speculation about like Chris Pine and Harry Styles having like problems during this film. So it's like why out of all the other speculation, like why would they all of a sudden have a problem? And it's just like Everyone decided there was a bunch of drama, so they're filling in more. Which again can be fun, but like he didn't he didn't fucking spit on him. I'm sorry. I don't believe it. My, I know. My other crazy take that I, I think I said in our last episode that we talked about this was uh, like I could see it like being an inside joke of some sort where they like I don't know, men are gross and they like spit on each other and like Harry just like stuck a little spit in and snuck a little spit in and um, Chris Pine was like oh you got me but it like wasn't actually a big deal that's my that's my crackpot tin tinfoil theory but I do unfortunately believe there was no spit yeah I mean it but it was it did it did provide a lot of content for days so much content for days and then I really liked when Harry Styles went back to his concert and he was like yeah I've been gone for a couple days I had to pop over to Venice so I could spit on Chris Pine like good for him for being a good sport about it yeah I mean I guess that's what I was just gonna call him messy because he fed into it because he knows what his fans are like but on the other hand like he does have a job like that is his like livelihood so keeping your fans by doing stuff like that fine whatever I guess this is this I feel like all of a sudden it's coming off as if I don't like Harry Styles. I love his music. I love like that he his like cool funky style. It's it's all good stuff, but yeah, that's just um anyway. I don't know. I will say that like I am have kind of come to the conclusion that he like might be a little bit of a messy bitch and like he like I think that we've like projected and by we I mean like his his stands have like projected this personality onto him oh, and like yeah. I'm just not familiar with him as a person and so but like I don't see the 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 personality that I expect to see I guess he like I don't know he's probably he's like an adult dude with like different interests and different personalities yeah. with different people I don't know but like I don't think he's as like uwu pure Oh like, no Harry Styles love him as like people think i don't either i'm obviously not part of like the actual like huge stand group of fans that are like that I, don't you remember i do during also our, like his music though don't you remember during our conversational chaos episode i was like no i really think that like harry is a mess here and people are like letting mm-hmm. him off easy for it so i still maintain that and i also think that him being in one oh, direction which also him being yeah, in sorry, one sorry you go in the okay. Him being in one direction contributed to this, like, oh, he's a little cinnamon roll um, type thing. And I don't think that. I think he's a fucking adult man who grew up as a partial child star. And, like, he's he's just really good at separating that. No, it hasn't all come out yet. You know what I mean? Like, he's pretty good at keeping mm-hmm. his stage and public persona. And to be clear, like, I don't think he's a scumbag either. No. I just think he, like, falls somewhere in the spectrum and is not either a cinnamon roll or a scumbag. Um, no, I just, I guess I was trying to imply that he's, like, an adult man that has, as you said, like, a personality a outside of, dude, yeah. yeah, outside of being, like, who Other he is on stage. than being super famous and super rich, he's a normal dude. <laughs> yeah, just those two small things. Yeah. I was also going to say, uh, he and Olivia Wilde also behaved very weirdly on the red carpet at the Venice Film Festival, by which I mean they, like, did not interact at all in a way that was very suspicious. Yes. And then, just like last night, I just Googled their names to find out, like, when they started dating because I wanted to check it. And I also wanted to see how um, 
Olivia and Jason's break breakup came out with the Ted Lasso uh, season, just because I was like, well, mm-hmm. uh, Ted Lasso, spoiler, Ted also gets broken up with in Ted Lasso mm-hmm. in the first season. Uh, anyway, and apparently they were caught with like PDA in New York City last night. Uh, Harry and, and Olivia, not Harry and not Harry and Jason. No, not <laughs> Olivia and Jason. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to start. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> apparently <laughs> Olivia and Harry Styles were seen ha- like a kissing in New York yesterday. And so mm-hmm. the, the like, yeah, there the PDA was, is back or at, whatever. Yeah. At Venice, there was some like speculation that they were broken up and like people had like announced it or whatever but then i mean she was obviously seen with him the other night and she was at his concert the other night so i don't know if they were like actually going through a rough patch or if they were just really trying to like be professional at a professional event which would make sense to me but like especially because i think the if rumors... that's what they were trying to do like if they were trying to avoid rumors they did not do a good job of it because they just acted they behaved so strangely towards each other yeah i was gonna say especially i feel like the rumors were already swirling about them like being problematic on set being on the rocks or whatever yeah and so now oh no no i was gonna say like i've heard rumors swirling about them like leaving set to go do their oh. own shit that was already swirling Same. so maybe they were like overcorrecting too hard like oh no we we definitely um don't touch uh we are not we are not unprofessional mm-hmm. and, we're, we're absolute consummate professionals and that came off even weirder than if they just sort of acted natural but anyways i feel like um, we could talk about the drama forever, like you said. I but- actually, I actually, I have, I do have two more pieces. Okay. Like, this is why this, this is the drama is the gift that keeps on giving. I'm so obsessed with it. But first of all, the other, like, problematic thing that Harry and Olivia did, like, while production was happening was they went to a wedding together without, I think, I don't know, I can't remember if they were wearing masks. I think they might have been, but it was just, like, a big gathering, and this was, like, peak covid and apparently Olivia had been, like, telling the cast and crew, like, do not be stupid. Like, don't congregate. Like, don't go to events. Like, you're going to ruin this for everyone. And then she and Harry go to a fucking wedding. And I think that pissed people off. Oh, I'm sure it did. And then the other the other piece of drama was, um, like, back to Olivia and Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis served Olivia Wilde custody papers while she was, like, on stage at a convention um and she like really tried to demonize him for that and i just want to say that you do not have control over where papers are served like you're the client like that's all the company like there's no way that jason was like and to embarrass her serve it to her in public like the the company clearly just like knew like oh i think probably she was dodging the serve and they're like well we know where she is so we're gonna give her the papers i'm totally on your side with that like yeah i don't think that I mean, I'm certain there are probably companies that would do it, but I, I'm going to go ahead and, and guess that the vast majorities of companies aren't out here. Like, how can we make it as ruthless as possible for the person you're serving papers to? Like, they don't have time for that bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. No. Okay. I probably could continue talking about this, but I guess, I guess we can move on to the next section. Anyway, this has been really entertaining for me. So, again, this is when it's going to get, like, truly spoilery. We're going to um, attempt to summarize this movie in a non-confusing, non-editorialized way. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you know we're very good at. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Especially because, once again, I did not type anything up for this. I'm just going to be just going for it. I, I at least pulled up. Do you want to at least pull up the Wikipedia page, I'm or are you just going right off now. memory? I'm doing that now. Okay. 
I don't think we need to read it verbatim, but I think it'll be a nice guide. Um, And I just really want to emphasize that I knew literally nothing about this. I had no idea that it was a psych thriller until like halfway through the movie. And I was like, oh, fuck, what did I get myself into? Like, that aspect <laughs> was not great about going in blind. So. Yeah, which, just, like, when you said you went, you went in without knowing anything, like, she had told me beforehand that she hadn't looked anything up. But, like, I assumed you knew, like, the concept or the genre. But, nope, just fully nothing. No, fully nothing. I knew who starred in it. And I knew <laughs> that there was a shit ton of drama around the stars. Uh, and which, that that was it. I actually honestly didn't I, even know I the rule. I appreciate re- that about you. That- I appreciate that you went in totally blind. I really, I mean, I just, I'm way too much of a control freak for that. <laughs> I was really glad I had gum in my purse because like, we'll get to this, but like the, they, the sound, the score in the movie was so good. It was so intense. I just like was so anxious the whole time. I found myself like clenching my jaw and I had to get a piece of gum out and chew it. <laughs> so, um, all right, let's try to start this, this summary of Don't Worry Darling. So Alice, who is Florence Pugh, and Jack, who is Harry Styles, are like a young, happy couple. And it's like the late 50s, early 60s is what I speculated, but I guess it does say 1950s on this, so I'll go with that. And they are living in what is clearly like a company town called Victory. They The opening scene is them like partying it up with a bunch of other young couples, and then the next day, like all the men leaving at the exact same time in their cars from a cul-de-sac and like driving out into the desert to go uh to victory headquarters and like the women just stay home and go around the town they have like ballet class they clean they shop they drink and then the men come home and they have dinner ready for them and they go to parties and they do it all over again the next day and it's like a beautiful desert town but at the arrival of a new member of victory um Oh my god, my brain blanks. Why am I so bad at these? They're at a party hosted by Frank, who is like the founder and leader, Chris Pine. And um, Margaret, one of the wives, starts to be like, why aren't you telling us what's going on? And her husband like takes her away. Alice later sees her uh, Margaret's husband like trying to give her medication and he like shuts the blind. And then Alice is like, wow, that was kind of weird. I wonder if something's going on. And then she starts noticing things like a plane crash. So Alice runs off into the desert towards headquarters to, like, tell them that this plane crashed because the trolley driver refused to help her. And she runs up to the top of the headquarters, which is like a circular building on top of a mountain, presses against the door to try to get in. And then there's like a whole little like eye dilation sounds flashback memory scene thing. I don't know how else to describe that. Yeah, um, it's like if you've ever seen a movie where they try and do like subliminal messaging and there's like a bunch of images flashing, it's a lot like that. That's a very good way of saying that. So then um Alice like wakes up in bed uh and Jack is trying to cook and it's going horribly and it's it's like played for laughs. Oops, that's editorializing. Dang it. Um <laughs> But Jack is like pretending like everything's totally fine. Margaret calls Alice and Alice is like, no, everything is fine. I don't know what you're talking about and hangs up on her. But Alice is starting to have like really weird like hallucinations about things going wrong and victory. And then she sees Margaret apparently slit her throat and then um, she gets dragged away by these men in red jumpsuits. 
Then she's back at home and Jack is like, no, everything is fine. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, there are some rules. Like, you just have to to bear with me and, and believe me, everything is fine. Alice's friend Bunny is, like, trying to just support her, but it's not working. Alice is then um, treated by Dr. Collins, the town doctor. But they kind of, like, play it off. It'll be fine. I get better. And Alice does start to feel better. But then there's an event that Frank hosts where Jack gets, like, a special promotion that he's going to be involved in a special committee, which leads Alice to have a breakdown. And Bunny gets really angry at Alice, like, you've got to stop doing this. I don't know what you're talking about. Alice has um, hosts a dinner party where Frank is kind of like, I know you know something's wrong. I want to see uh, what what you're going to do. And then Alice starts calling out all of the inconsistencies about how, like, Every couple in town had, like, one of the two same honeymoons, and they met in the same, like, meet-cute, drop-the-train-ticket way. And then Frank is like, I don't know what you're talking about. Everything is normal here. Uh, And then Alice and Jack decide to leave, but actually it's just Jack tricking her so that the red jumpsuit men can drag Alice away, and she gets electroshock therapy in victory. Uh, We're gonna get there. This movie is also kind of long. Mm-hmm. It was. Alice continues to have like hallucinations and flashbacks even after this electroshock therapy. And then she realizes that she is in a simulated world and that she had a whole life. She was like a doctor or a surgeon and her and Jack lived in like a small apartment and they were things were apparently not going well. Um, And so Jack then like realizes that she knows what's going on because she alludes to it jack says that she does he did it for her because she was so unhappy with how stressed she was at work blah 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 they start to like get in a fight um but then he he like begs for forgiveness starts like hugging her to death and then she hits him in the head with an ever-present highball glass and alice is like freaking out bunny comes in finds out that jack is dead and was like you need to leave and alice was like this isn't real and bunny's like i know i've been here the whole time on my own this was my choice you need to go now you need to go now because turns out victory headquarters is an exit portal for the simulation and the men when they go to work every day are actually going back to the real world to care for their wives who are in like medically induced comas connected to ivs and stuff because they're in the simulation full time Oh gosh, this is like a very action-packed scene, and um, the other wives are like realizing something is like very wrong. Alice steals the car, drives out to headquarters. She causes a bunch of people to crash. She never shifts gears in this car at all. Uh, Shelley, <laughs> Shelley stabs Frank, saying, "I'm done." Oh, Shelley is Frank's wife, Gemma Chan. Um, and then Alice makes it back. She gets a vision of Jack asking her to stay, and then um, Alice presses the window. We get, like, the um, hallucination, or the, yeah, the um, subliminal messaging scene really quick, and then we just hear a bunch of, like, gasping breathing on a black screen, and that's the end of the movie. Mm. Which was, it was quite a place to end it. I have lots yes. of thoughts about it. But... Oh, yeah. It was it was a heck of a movie. I mean, I um, I was blown away, because... I had no idea what to expect, so I was definitely on the edge of my seat the entire time because I had no idea where this was going. Yeah. 
I guess let's just start up with our our just random thoughts. I think top top billing has to be that Florence Pugh was absolutely incredible. So good. And this movie was so focused on like her her minute actions and acting based on like her trying to act like everything was normal, but it's clearly not. So that was I was blown away by her performance. And honestly, um I thought Chris Pine did a really good job too. He just had a much smaller role to play. But it was a he's like very yeah, creepy. But he, he ate it up. He was so good. Uh, it made me so I was like, oh this god. This is a Chris Pine stan account. Yeah, except for like as that character. I hated him because I was like, oh god, this is oh, so yeah. good. Yeah, so Florence, Chris Pine were incredible. Harry Styles was absolutely there. I thought that his like 1950s Jack was like pretty boring. I thought the time he did slightly better was playing like the downtrodden, like depressed Jack who signs up for victory in the first place. Yeah, like I think he's getting maybe more criticism than he deserves. Like I don't think he was terrible. Um, but he he didn't, I think, add really anything other than a big name to the cast. I do like I absolutely do not want to platform Shia LaBeouf in any way because he's a, a shithead and a and an abuser, but like goddamn, he would have absolutely bodied that role. Um, that was my immediate thought. Like what he would have added just a whole nother fucking layer to that performance. Yeah. That just really would have like, taken the movie to the next level, I think. Yeah, absolutely prefer him not being involved in it or really anything, but like he he would have done a good job though. Yeah, unfortunately, bad people sometimes are good at things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Harry Styles was like that bad. Like I said, I just think that they're definitely that role could have been a lot more intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so you you didn't know it was a psychological thriller going into it. Nope. At what at what point did you start to realize? And at what point did you like? Did you start to kind of understand what was happening? Did you guess the twist? Like, t- take me through your experience. I did not guess the twist. I like knew that some clearly something was wrong. Like, you can't have music build up in the background of a fucking movie like that and not have something be like really <laughs> wrong. Um, it also just seemed like I mean they did a good job of making it so ridiculously idyllic. That something was mm-hmm. wrong. But I I had no idea it was going to be... I did not see virtual reality either. I assumed it was going to be like... They somehow like... Deleted all of their memories. But they were actually like living in a fake 1960s town. Like... Yeah. Yeah, I thought they were going to physically be in this town. Yeah, same. I like... I knew... Like I had not really... I knew about the movie. I knew that it was a thriller. I had not looked into it. I didn't like know anything going in other than that. But um, basically, from from the opening scene, I was like, "Oh, this is like like they are in like present day." I knew that immediately, and I was like, "This is some sort of fucked up brainwashing thing." Like they're definitely in present day. Um, but I I thought, like you said, I thought that they were like physically there and like had been brainwashed to enter. Um, and the, the reveal that it was virtual reality was just such a dark fucking twist when you see, like, Florence Pugh's body, like, laying in that bed. Yeah. It was absolutely, like, that, that got me for sure. And I certainly didn't anticipate that, like, the men had to have, like, bring in a woman with them or whatever, and that this woman was in, like, entirely in their care, and that's why they had to leave the simulation every day to make sure that they're, like wife in the virtual reality thing didn't die 
in real life. Well, it wasn't wasn't really even that. I mean, they did have to like monitor them, but they had to go out in the real world to make money so that they could pay for the virtual reality. Yeah, thing. It, the whole thing was just so fucking. I yeah, it was really fucked up. Yeah, I don't know. It gave like weird incel vibes, but I don't think that like I don't think any of that was thought out. Mm-hmm. So I and we can get to that. This is like a off the cuff thoughts. And yeah. we will. We will. Yeah. This is not this is not our complaint section yet. Um I did I was curious, like, do you think that the red jumpsuit guys were like artificial intelligence? Because I can't imagine that you like went into the virtual reality world to be a to be a cop. That's what I know? was thinking. I didn't think of them as AI. I just had questions about like who they were because what we learn about like Frank recruiting people Frank, is that his name? Fuck, I don't know. Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. Uh, recruiting people is that they, you know, they had to like bring a wife or whatever. So why are there all these men, especially in the end when she's like climbing up to Victory Headquarters for the second time? There's just like twenty dudes in red jumpsuits climbing up the side of the mountain. Like, where are they all coming from? What's the response time? How are they ready? Maybe they are AI. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. Also, um, I thought it was just a f- kind of a funny detail that like when they were showing. Harry Styles being like put into the AI they're like chosen nationality British and it's like oh you did like you made this a joke so that he could just talk in his normal accent instead of trying to do an American accent didn't you as soon as he spoke I was like what's what's the in-universe explanation for why he's like a British man and they made a couple comments on it and I was like well at least they're like embracing it and just like yeah they're Mm -hmm. not gonna try and make him cover up his accent and then when they did that line I was like oh well you know that was a good in-universe explanation because I think the acting would have been far worse if they'd tried to make Harry Styles have an American accent, as we've learned from plenty of British actors who, like, just don't quite nail it. Which is fair. I can't do an English accent. Like. Yeah. Um, for sure. I also thought, like, Olivia Wilde, I don't know if it's her character or her or her acting, but, like, her character seemed like just a little bit over the top, but I kind of came to the conclusion that I feel like that makes sense given that like she knows that they're in a simulation. Um, and like, I, but I, I also think that her motivation for being there being that like her kids had died in the real world. And so this is the only way that she can see her kids. I feel like it would have made more sense if she was like shown to be a loving mother inside the world because she kind of seemed to, be acting like a very typical 1950s housewife where it was like, ah, oh, kids, they're so annoying. There's something I have to deal with. Yeah, that felt like very thrown in at the end to like give her the motivation to be there. And I almost wonder if it would have been better to just be like, no, I chose this because I wanted to live here. Yeah, it, it felt very like a ham-fisted way to like give her character agency. Yeah, it, it was interesting. Um, and also, the, I think... I've been reading and I think this might be wrong, but I had read that Dakota Johnson was originally going to be the bunny character, which I also think would have ruled. Yeah, I also, I don't know if it's so, yeah, it could be a combination of all the things like overacting, etc. But also just the character of Bunny seemed like the one who was supposed to be like the slightly more splashy, stands out a little more character. Versus like the rest of the housewives were all falling in line or whatever. So I, I don't know. We may never know. Okay. In terms of the ending, uh, unless you have any other, co- like, just regular comments before we get there. No, not really. I mean, the cor- choreo- uh, 
choreography of like the ballet scenes was pretty cool. It was really cool. It was very unsettling in a very compelling way. Yes. Regarding the ending, I, like I didn't hate the ending conceptually where she like, you know that she gets out, but like you don't really know what happens after that. And like specifically, like we do know that when she wakes up, she is like chained to a bed next to her like dead probably ex-boyfriend dead, yeah. who kidnapped her. I mean, explicit, like, explicitly, Bunny said that if you die in the simulation, you die in real life. Right. Um, and so, she, but so, like, how does she get, like, unchained from the bed? Like, how does someone find her and help her? Like, I just, like, I feel like it set up more interesting questions, like, by ending that way than, than it actually answered. And so it felt unsatisfying in a way. I think there's a heavy requirement for suspension of, of disbelief for that movie, like, uh, ours is not to question why like how any of this works no we were just supposed to enjoy the thrill of her getting out of this like virtual reality wasteland i don't i don't know if that makes sense like i guess it does but i like it was all intentional choices i think to make it like a there's no overall explanation for a lot of those things and i think that that does i just don't like that i don't either i feel like they're like what I love, like, I really, really enjoyed this movie, first of all. I feel like maybe that's not coming through. I like I thought it was visually stunning. Many of the performances were incredible. Um, I just, I feel like there are, there are, like, heaps and heaps of potential that were just, like, barely uncapitalized on. Like, if, if, if so many things had been tweaked very slightly, I feel like this could have been, like, an all-time great film. And instead, it's just, like, a really good film. Yeah, I mean, it definitely... As a film, especially in theaters, it worked really well to get me, like, invested, get my emotions high, etc. But it felt almost unfinished. Like, it was like somebody had a really good idea, mm-hmm. but nobody edited it. Yeah, and it felt unfinished in a way, like, that's different than ending, like, how it ended. Like, again, I think that, like, I understand the concept of ending kind of suddenly and, like, on not quite a cliffhanger, but kind of. It's a very impactful ending, like, visually. Yes. Um, but, I, like, again, I feel like just so many things were just not done quite right to make it the right way to end the film. And it might have worked in a different version where there were certain things that were different in the earlier in the film. But everything all together, I don't know. I still really liked it. I just feel like it. there was a lot of opportunity, and I feel like maybe that's part of why... There is some drama, especially with some of the comments Flo has made. Like, could this have been better if everybody was putting their all into it or listening to Mm -hmm. each other or whatever? Which I think um, what like there's I'm just going to list off some of the things that makes it super evident to me, like that the, the potential was not fully capitalized on. And it's just there are so many threads in this movie that like went nowhere um and like starting with like what was the plane like what was it she was seeing was it a glitch in the simulation was chris pine's character just like fucking with her back to chris pine why did he antagonize her the way that he did because he basically goads her into being like oh like i thought you were gonna be the one to get out um like for his own entertainment but it's not even really clear that that is why he's doing it like yeah, it would have been interesting to see more of his motivations as to, like, is he, like, just fucking with them because he can? Like, does he have a reason? Well, and um, it seems like, like, 
Alice started questioning more things after she saw Margaret questioning things. So the antagonizing Alice doesn't really make sense because there are other women there that she then is also, like, going to cause more questioning. So does he, like, want this whole system to break down? Yeah, when he is, like, basically the cult leader. Yeah. You know, it's very weird. Um, And then, like, Gemma, Gemma Chan kills Chris Pine at the end and is like, it's my turn now. And it's like, have you known this the whole time? Like, were you... And, like, earlier she was his biggest defender at the dinner. And it's like, I like I would love to understand any of what's going on there. Well, unfortunately, um, yeah, we got no characterization of Gemma Chan's character, except for at the end she, like, kills Which Chris is a waste, because she's such a good actress. Yeah, and there just was nothing there for, like, why she did that, except that it made it... I don't know, it gave you, like, a sort of tiny sense of satisfaction to be like, yeah, she killed him. We didn't like mm-hmm. him. And so many of the, more of the moments where things were just, like, meant to be unsettling. Like, what were the earthquakes? Like, because the Victory Project is not a real thing. So, like, again, was that, like, the simulation needing to, like, maintain itself somehow? And so they felt the effects? Like, um, and then all the moments where Flo was, like, the thing with, like, the eggs being empty, you know, I think that that could have been really interesting at the moment, I was thinking, like, oh, like, since the town is obviously fake, like, maybe they don't fill all the eggs. And she got a prop eggs instead of, like, a real eggs or whatever. Yes. Um, and, like, the thing with her, like, covering her head in saran wrap and, like, the window smushing her while she was cleaning it and, like, um, like seeing her reflection in the mirror do something different. Like, all of that stuff was really, like, visually interesting, but it just didn't have, like, a real... It didn't go anywhere. Explanation? Yeah, yeah, it didn't go anywhere. Like, it, yeah, none of those things had anything to do with, I, maybe it was just supposed to be indicative of, like, her, the way her brain is breaking down because she's going through all the psychological stress of, like, the electroshock therapy and being in a virtual reality that basically means she has no memory of, like, before, after, or, like. Oh, my gosh. Literally adding, you're so smart, literally adding one line about how, like, being in a coma in a virtual reality for that long like fucks with your brain and being like forcibly pulled in and out of it because she like tried to escape and had to be put back in and then the electroshock therapy to like make her better in the virtual reality like who was who knows like your brain is doing all kinds of crazy fucking things trying to make all those things add up so i could see all of these but like the window closing in one, okay, maybe, because there's actually no physical evidence of that. But she, she like, smashed, like, a dozen eggs, and they were empty. Mm-hmm. So if that was, like, her brain trying to figure something out, there would either be egg yolks everywhere or there would be no eggs cracked. And having one simple scene of, like, her looking back at the tray and it was full of eggs again, then you'd be like, oh, that's mm-hmm. just her brain doing things. Mm-hmm. Which would have, which would have, I think, improved it a lot. Just, like, one shot. Um but it's like all this stuff is really compelling and it's what really kind of hooks you in and grabs you about the film and then it's just like yeah and then it and then life goes on yeah i don't know and then like the note you have about a thread that goes nowhere with harry styles dancing after he gets promoted um you write about it being aesthetic i assumed that was just because they wanted harry styles to do something like vaguely related to him him performing on stage Literally, that's the only reason uh, I thought they put that in the movie, because the only other explanation yeah. that makes sense is, like, that just Chris Pine is, like, super weird and manipulative, and all these men are doing what he says because they think this is the best thing for them and their wives. 
I I definitely think that it was meant to be that Chris Pine is super weird and manipulative, but I feel like that was so like again, it could have been like built on just like even slightly more. Like really early on in the movie there is like a throwaway line when one of the other husbands gets promoted and it made it seem like to get promoted you had to recruit people to the victory project. And so like maybe there should have been like a single thread about like how Harry Styles had to go like promote more people to the victory project and like that was the job he was doing in the real world and like that's how he was paying for it or something and like he was recruiting people to chris pine's little cult and like chris pine is on a power trip and it's like making all the men do whatever he wants in his little fantasy world um and i think i think that the um the like sequence of harry styles dancing first of all is weirdly it was weirdly long, and he was also, like, he just kept doing the same spinny move the whole time. But like, He looked miserable, which is why I think it probably is supposed to be like, oh, they just do whatever Frank wants to, like, keep him happy for Victory Project. For sure. And, like, the, um, the like, juxtaposition of, like, his little happy dance where he looks crazed and, like, Florence losing her mind in the bathroom, I thought it was just really, like, really compelling aesthetically, but, like... I kept exper- like expecting it to have like any sort of meaning or explanation and it just didn't and I kind of feel like that's feels like the thesis for this whole movie where it was like really compelling aesthetically but I kept expecting it to have some sort of meaning or explanation and it didn't. Yeah, I think that's a lot of the things that happen like it just and like I wanted there to be <laughs> And there wasn't. It's kind of like the incel thing. It's like there there wasn't there also wasn't commentary on the like idyllic life where the wives do nothing but like drink and shop all day. They like you know, there was that scene with Bunny and Alice where they were like, Oh, we can just charge whatever we want. Isn't this amazing? But then it just stopped there. But it was cool to look at. It was really cool. Again, I really liked it. It was a beautiful, stunning movie. There was an interesting um take from a Reddit thread about in a discussion that said they felt like all the crazy stuff happening, like all basically all the stuff we've just been complaining about, was Chris Pine's quote-unquote superior male fucking with all the women that were left there while the husbands were out in the real world working. And I think that that, if, if there had been like any indication of that in the film, I think that that would have like made all the stuff make sense. Um, and I think it would have been really in line with kind of how they built up Chris Pine's character. I was just going to say, I feel like that underutilizes Chris Pine's character because they just never finished trying to get the point across of what he was doing. Instead, he was just like this vaguely creepy, elusive, like head guy for victory. Um, And yeah, we don't get any good explanation for anything, whereas they could have easily thrown in some scenes about him orchestrating it, talking about it, doing something to make it tie it all back together. And that's what I mean. It just feels just so close to being finished but like not quite and and despite that i really liked it i had a great time during the movie oh yeah i'll probably go see it again frankly um just because i want to look at at chris pine and florence Pugh for as many hours as is humanly possible um i don't know i couldn't i his character (laughs) gave me a little too much i don't think i could watch chris pine so pretty doing it he is, but it just creeped me out so much. I was like, nah, I can't do it. That's true. He was very he was very quietly menacing. It was very oh, impressive. Oh, it's brilliant. It was really well done. I just wanted just a tiny bit more now that I got to think about it. I obviously didn't want a tiny bit more before I went in because I didn't know what was happening. Well, this brings us to an interesting um, 
conversation part of the conversation, which is the comparison to the original script. Have you read anything about this, Bailey? No, why would I have read the original script? Then I wouldn't be going in blind. <laughs> That's true. I didn't know if you'd done any research afterwards. But nope. so the original script um, for this movie, which first of all was written by Dick Van Dyke's grandsons, um, the Van Dykes. So that's just kind of a fun fact. Um, and it was on what's called the blacklist on in 2019, which is Hollywood's like short list of, of scripts that, I don't know, a committee decides like these scripts are really, really exceptional and somebody should make them. Um, it's very prestigious. And Olivia Wilde got the rights to to adapt it and she actually had it basically entirely rewritten by katie silverman who helped her with booksmart or who wrote booksmart and um i have not fully read the original script i almost did but um i don't know i've never i've never really read a script and it seemed like it would be kind of hard to get into like a totally new format between seeing the movie and recording this so i am relying on the words of others so some of this may not be 100 percent accurate but there's a lot of really interesting similarities and differences between the original script and the one that ended up being made um and i like i think a lot of the changes were cool and a lot of the changes hurt my heart because it would have like i feel like a blending of these two scripts would have made in my mind the perfect movie so I'm going to go through a few of the changes that um, I know about for sure. The main, the well, the biggest two, one is that um, it was never like the Victory Project and like the whole company town thing and like they all working, work for the same thing. That was not in the original script at all. Um, it was just like a different, I still think 1950s world, but it was just like a regular. Yeah, I've been kind of going back world. and forth between if I think it would work better if everyone had like more individual lives and like aesthetically it was cool to see all the husbands leave at the exact same time and like drive across the desert or whatever. But I think that it, mm -hmm. it just made it all the more obvious that it was like too perfect, too weird. And if it was more, everybody had different jobs, et cetera, then it would have been a better story. Mm hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think that Chris Pine's character didn't exist at all. Like, there was no, like, cult leader, basically. Um, so all of that stuff, I think, was a very positive change. And I think, uh, personally, I really liked it. But then the biggest, biggest difference is that in the original script, Alice finds out that she is in a simulation, like, really early on. And the tension then comes from her trying to escape the simulation as opposed to her trying to figure out what is happening to her yeah so she she figures it out way earlier in the original script and she kind of goes like in and out of the real world and um the simulation like trying to like get herself permanently free um there's also like also the the real world in the original script was like 2050 which i think is just kind of like a, a funny random like they're in the future thing um i think also that her husband the harry styles character was like way more kind of overtly abusive in the original script like he was much more like oh i'm a 1950s man and you're gonna cook and clean or else and we're gonna try for a baby you know all that stuff so i think there was a lot more tension there and i i'm not sure that harry styles personally could have pulled off that acting 
Um, so I don't probably think so. that's a good change. Sorry, I was like shaking my head and I realized none of you can see that. So <laughs> I needed to narrate that I agree. There, I just read that summary and that there's no way I don't think Harry Styles could have played the role that would have been demanded by that original script. Yeah, but there there are lots of other changes. But the uh, like what I really wanted out of the film was I wanted some like just a little bit more interaction with the real world. Like I wanted to see her like waking up screaming strapped to a bed with like the victory assassins like banging down her door to try and kill her. And I wanted her to like work to um, like defeat Chris Pine in the real world and like expose him and save all the other women in the simulation. And I wanted to see like her friends and family like worrying about her because she's like a, a surgeon. Like clearly she's like respected at work and clearly she has friends and family um and like i just think if we could have brought a little bit more of the real world into it like i think it would have been just that much better and so i think melding like the the original script's take of like oh she figures it out really soon but she can't escape and then we kind of get to like see the mirror of like the present day and the the simulation i think that would have like kind of fixed most of the problems that i had with the movie yeah, I really think the whole, like, just take it for granted that the behind-the-scenes real-world <laughs> stuff works is is sort of a bad way to do it. Because it also kind of takes away some of the stakes for Alice getting out. Yeah, we don't get any interaction with the real world. We don't know how it affects her in the real world, except for the fact that she's, like, yeah, tied to a bed in this virtual reality thing 24-7. But since we don't get an ending where we see that, there are no real stakes to it. Honestly. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it was a decision that just doesn't work. Like it could, but it didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I just like, I, I really liked the movie. I'm definitely going to see it again. A lot of performances I loved. I just, just wanted like 15% more from it, I guess. Yeah. And one of the things that I've been really sort of, I did follow up on one thing and one thing only, and it was, like, Olivia Wilde's insistence that this movie, like, centers the female pleasure. Yeah. And there's, like, two small sex scenes, and one of them is weirdly interrupted by Chris Pine, like, staring in the background that totally takes it away from it being about, like, the woman's pleasure. Like, sure, like, Harry Styles is still, like, going down on her or whatever, but she's standing there, like, just and well, I guess he, they're making out. Uh, but like they're just like glare, like he's just glaring angrily from the corner. Nothing about that is is like pleasurable. That's weird and creepy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's only like one other sex scene or whatever. Yeah, and like I liked that those scenes, even as like I, like I think it was just sort of a poorly executed, or maybe even just like basically, I like that we saw her getting pleasure like and her husband going down on her and i feel like that's good to like just kind of normalize more in films um but i feel almost like it's more olivia wilde like patting herself on the back for doing those scenes more so than her like having a cohesive thesis or narrative behind doing it because like the rest of the movie is not about female pleasure like the women know. are trapped in the 1950s by their have, husbands they like, don't even have autonomy yeah, it, yeah. it feels like it's, like, shoehorned in there, and yet it's essentially, like, nothing to do with the fucking movie. Yeah. Like, you, you it, could have had that, that movie like without... I kind of a weird... You could have had that movie without any sex scenes at all, and I don't think it would have materially changed the movie. 
No, I agree. Because you can have two characters be in love without them having a bunch of sex. And again, it wasn't yeah. even like it was a bunch of sex. Like Outlander, this is yeah. not. <laughs> Truly. Uh, I agree. I think it was kind of a weird like way to market the film when it's really not a central it's just not tenet of the film. Yeah. And I think Florence has made some comments about that, about how it's like not important and why does it keep getting talked about? Um, and it's because, yeah, Olivia wants to talk about it. And it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. So um, that that was the one thing I did like read up on. And I just feel like it is just weird. There's just so many weird. And I think you put it best when you said just like, like threads that go nowhere, things that don't connect. There's just too many things trying to happen. And it ends up feeling questionable instead of cohesive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that being said, though, um, I do just want to comment that, like, f- this movie has a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, like, the critic score, which is absurd to me. Like, I think minimum I would give this, like, I don't put a lot of stock into what critics think, and I'm not, like, a huge, like, film girly in terms of, like, critically consuming film. I like a lot of good films. A lot of good films, I think, are boring. Um... But, like, this should at least be, like, a 65-70% Rotten Tomatoes film, in my opinion. I kind of think that, like, all of the drama and all of the discussion have, one, put a microscope on the film, um, and two, given people, given critics who are, are largely white men, kind of given them the excuse they need to critique it in a way that they wouldn't critique a, a a film made by a white man yeah it's just it's all really interesting and by the way the the audience score is 79 percent, which i think is is correct yeah i very much so watch like films and tv and stuff to be entertained certainly i take a much more critical eye when reading than i do when like a consuming visual media this is the first film that i've like really looked at broken and broken down or whatever um but it's just yeah there are so many opinions now and i don't know how many of them are solely about the movie ostensibly critics are supposed to be impartial and not take stuff in that into account but like they are human beings so of course they're not going to be fully unaffected by all of the drama going on around it and all of that and i thought it was a good film i think everyone should go see it I don't think that means that a film can't have problems. Just like we read a lot of books where we're like, it was wonderful, but also here's a list of grievances. Mm -hmm. So it will be interesting to see what happens as we progress past like opening week for this. Yeah, for sure. I I might go see it again as well because Johnny might want to go see it. So. Yeah. Plus maybe it'll be fun to see it when you're not like, completely confused as to what genre it is right i also wonder if there's more that i'll like notice that i didn't catch because there is like Mm -hmm. because i'm seeing it for a second time and i like know what's happening it'll be interesting to see that if we do see it a second time to see if there are things we notice a second time that we didn't notice the first time that change some of our our hot takes about things Mm -hmm. It will be interesting. 
but I don't have super high hopes. It just feels sort of discombobulated still. Mm-hmm. I agree. And despite that, again, just some performances were so fucking good. And, like, the oh, visuals were so good to watch. Like, I I never really was, a, like, a big mid-century girl. And I want their mm-hmm. fucking house. Like <laughs> It was really cute. Now I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I am a mid-century girl. Yeah. Get rid of all of my gold and rotten and all of that. No. No naturals anymore. I'm mid-century. <laughs> Just refurbish your whole house. No, I will. Uh, you will not take the velvet away from me. <laughs> no, never. So, any any like last thoughts about this movie beyond that? Anything else you really want to say about Don't Worry, Darling? Um, you should go see it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> yes, be sure to let the people and working. Then you should then you should talk to us about it so that we can like get into our petty petty grievances even more. Yeah. Um, be sure to let the person working the bar at your movie theater convince you to get a 32-ounce beer because it's only <gasps> six ounces more than a 24-ounce beer. <laughs> Look, I also got convinced to do this at Zootopia, and I have to say it was a much less awkward experience to do this at uh, Don't Worry Darling, given that I forgot Zootopia was a kid's movie when I went with three of my friends and took in the largest beer they sell. <laughs> That's my way to see a movie, though. Oh, yeah. I don't, I mean, it was funny when we did it at Zootopia, but. For sure. The worst part of uh, drinking a 32 ounce beer during a movie is that pretty much you. Having to pee. Yeah. Almost always. Anyways, get the beer, watch the movie. Okay, bye. Just kidding. (laughs) We have more. Yeah. I see you have a fun little game, which usually means it's not as fun for me. Yeah, I actually, so honestly, if we don't like this, like, we should probably just edit it out, but like. Um, because I don't think it's going to be very fun for you, but I think it's so fucking bonkers wild. So while I was reading comment threads on Don't Worry Darling, someone's like, oh, this is just the movie Serenity from 2019. And then I read about the movie Serenity and like, I have never heard of a more bonkers, stupid twist um, reveal ever. And I just, I think it's going to be fun to try and make you guess it, but I don't know if you'll have fun guessing it, but at the very least... I'm going to give you the, like, premise, and then either try and guess the twist or don't, and I'll reveal it to you. Okay. Um, but this is a movie from 2019 starring um, Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. I did not know they were in a movie together, so this is going to... I ha- know nothing about this. Yeah. Okay, so Matthew McConaughey is a fishing boat captain living on a quiet little island called Plymouth Island. And, like, all he wants to do is, like, catch a big fucking tuna fish. Like, his life's goal is to fish this, is to catch this giant tuna, right? Like, he's, he's, um, what's the whale book? Um, Moby Dick. Moby Dick. He's just, he's just out there doing Moby Dick and or the old man in the sea. Like, that's his, all that he wants is to, like, be a fisherman and catch this big fucking tuna. And one day his ex-wife, Anne Hathaway, shows up and it starts begging him to save her and their son, Patrick, from her new but violently abusive husband, Frank. So she offers Matthew McConaughey $10 million to murder Frank by throwing him overboard um, and says that, like, Frank's going to come to the island later in the week. And we, like, booked we like booked him a fishing trip um, with your service or whatever. And, like, it'll be perfect for you to kill him. 
And so he, like, doesn't know whether or not he wants to do it. He really just wants to catch a, catch a stupid fish. But, like, he also loves his son and ex-wife. And he starts getting, like, harassed by this accountant that's like, hey, you need to listen to me. I don't know. It's, like, all this. I haven't actually watched the movie. I've just read the synopsis. Okay, like, okay. Things are, things are getting a little bit weird. Um, and then the, re- the reveal happens. Do you want to, like, I invite you to take the most wild stab in the dark that you possibly could, and it's not going to come close to what is actually going on. This is all a long con. She married and had a kid with him forever ago so that she could end up using him to murder someone else. It would be better than the real twist, I'll tell you that. (laughs) The real twist, are you ready? I mean, okay. no, because I mean, this has had so much build up that I feel like I, I just don't even have any idea how this is going to end. Okay. Matthew McConaughey was actually a Marine Corps captain who was killed in Iraq. And his son, Patrick, built a video game where his father is a, is a fisherman. But then his stepfather became abusive. So he started reprogramming the video game for his father's character in the video game. To kill his stepfather in the video game for, like, some catharsis. And we are watching the video game. That just seems so fucking pointless. Yeah. That just genuinely seems like so, like, someone was like, wouldn't it be funny if we did the most asinine thing we'd come up What? Let me look at something. (laughs) It's, like, a good cast. It's also got Diane Lane and um, Jimon Hansu and Jeremy Strong. Like, the cast of this movie is really good. For okay. just an insane premise. As I'm doing this, I also need to point out that why the fuck is Matthew McConaughey in so many movies where he's on boats? Because I could easily just confuse this with Fool's Gold. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I was going to make a joke and then I was like, I better make sure. Um, But I was like, is this what happens when we like let white men direct too many movies? They like get bored and they're like, what if we made it a video game the whole time? Uh, so I had to make sure it was, like, actually created mostly by, like, white men or whatever. Um, that was – that's horrible. Yeah. What even is the fucking point? Yeah, and then at the end um, – so, like, the Matthew McConaughey in the video game is, like, torn because his morals and, I think, coding tell him he shouldn't kill anyone. Um, but then he does anyway. Um, oh, actually, I was just to say, and then actually in the real world – the son does kill the stepfather in real life, but he is, but it's like self-defense. So he's released into his mother's custody and then he starts designing a new computer game with him and his dad. What the? This just seemed, again, just like so fucking pointless. So in my estimation, or in my estimation, in my opinion, I think what you should do is not watch Serenity, but you should go watch Don't Worry Darling because uh, Florence Pugh deserves it. Mm-hmm. And you should always listen to us in our opinions because we are right, and we should say it.
yourself a glass of wine Let's start reading in between the lines Never know what we might find Yeah, it could be magic Oh This podcast is hosted by myself, Bailey Utrecht, and Katie Phillips. Our theme song is by Anna Voss, and our logo is by Baby Truth Collections. See you soon!